Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Staying Afloat Teaching Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you're having a wonderful day whenever you're listening to this, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe Saturday, Sunday, whatever you're doing. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. This is this is a really cool episode for me because this is one where I really feel like this is the first time we're getting into something real. And not that the last episodes have not been about something real. What I mean by that is I'm coming pretty hot off the press from a two-day new teacher orientation that my district held for all the, the new teachers. So I, I kind of really have some things to actually reflect about, about things that are really happening to me in my school and... I mean, that's awesome. That's It's it's really exciting for me. So it's kind of the point of the podcast, right? Up to this point, I was just kind of talking about stuff that concern teachers or, you know, concern teacher prep programs and stuff like that. This is where we get into the, the good eats, the meat of, uh, you know, being a new teacher. So new teacher orientation. Uh, in first grade vernacular, it was a two-day kind of thing. One day was in person at the high school that I will be working at. Uh, and the other day was all virtual. They had a schedule, it was like, you know, from eight or something, 8.30 to three, you know, so whole day thing. And it was all the new teachers throughout the district. So some high school teachers, some elementary, middle school teachers at any of the schools in the district, as well as some social workers that they were adding. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of people. And of course, as well as the administration and principals of, you know, a bunch of the schools and superintendents. Really, it was, it was really cool to actually see a lot of people in person that I had maybe interviewed with or heard about had emails from. Also, I got to meet a lot of new teachers in the district, and it was really cool to see there were really a lot of new people being added to the district. Uh, and really, I, I have one really big takeaway from this, from the from the whole experience. I think, obviously, this is a really stressful year for new teachers. It's a very odd year to start teaching. Obviously, not everyone there was their first year teaching, where me, it was my absolute first year teaching anywhere. A lot of them, it was their X year teaching, but it's their first year in a new district. And I think they made what could have been a really negative situation or, you know, just like a really stressful situation being a new teacher during a global pandemic. I really think they made it into like just a strictly positive experience for all of us involved. And I think they did that in in a lot of ways that really spoke to me that I'll try to outline here. But mostly I think they just they really focused on showing us how supported we are in the district with PD, tons of resources. And then just overall, like this district, I think, really tried to tell us that they value teachers as professionals, right? And they trust that, you know, we were hired for a reason and whatever, you know, we were here for a reason and that they trust us to basically do the best that we can given the circumstances because there is no playbook for teaching in a pandemic. There's no playbook for teaching in a blended learning environment, but what they can do is give us access to as many tools and resources as possible to kind of just do our own kind of figuring out how we want to do that. So there was a ton of really useful PD. PD's got like a little stigma in in, in teaching because a lot of times, you know, experienced teachers are like, why do I have to go to these PD classes because they're not all that valuable? At least that was the vibe that I got from some of my student teaching experience. I actually thought this was truly valuable PD because maybe, again, this is a crazy time. A lot of it was, hey, here's a suite of online tools and new pieces of you know software that connects with Google Classroom or just showing us how to use these tools. I thought it was incredibly useful. The good thing is teachers are the ones teaching these PD and 
it's teachers in the district that are really experienced in the software, but it also is really cool that the district is just giving these teachers the opportunity to do that. And I think that's the same in pretty much every district, but I don't know, it was just cool to see that as a teacher, your experience and your knowledge is really valued. And if you're an expert at something, you have the opportunity to share that if you just speak up for that. And I think that's that's a theme of this district. And I'm, again, with other districts, I can only speak for my own. I'm sure this is common throughout a lot of places. But for me, again, that, that meant a lot. So yeah, it was, it was just a really positive experience because we were given a lot of support. It was very clear that the superintendents and the principals are on our side. They're there to support us. All the other teachers in the district are there to support us. And even as a group of new teachers, you know, there was a reason that they put all of the new teachers together and made us interact and learn about each other. Even if we might not ever see each other for a while because we're not working at the same school, it's important to know that there are teachers in the district, no matter where they are, that can bring you a lot of value through just their knowledge and just having a relationship with them. And you know, we're all here to learn together. So I, I don't know, I really feel like they, they, they put together this, this kind of vibe of camaraderie and conquering this global pandemic together. And instead of being like, man, we gotta teach during a global pandemic, this really sucks, kind of shifting that mindset to we're at the forefront of new education and new pedagogy. And this is a time where we can really revamp our education style, incorporate a ton of new tools, and just figure out, you know, what's it like to teach in a blended learning environment as efficiently and effectively as possible? And what's, you know, how can you engage students and really bring them in and get buy-in from all of your students? I don't know, I, I think that that's a really cool way to look at it. And again, it's just a strictly positive learning environment. And it's, it's a lot of stuff that I was talking about in my previous episode that I want all of this to be positive and I want this to be a time to, you know, just learn as much as possible, take risks. And it's good to know that the district is supporting these risks rather than encouraging us to take really safe measured approaches. You know, they would much rather see us go out of our comfort zone and try things that are brand new. And even if we fail, reflect on that, think about what we're gonna do better they would rather see that than have us do like kind of a run-of-the-mill lesson that even if it goes really well, it might not have gone as well as a risky lesson that we're doing for the first time. I think that was, it was you know, just a really cool vibe that the whole new teacher orientation had throughout. And I think, you know, what was further helpful where when I talk about all this PD and all the support that they're offering us, by the way, I, sh I should mention PD stands for professional development. Forgot to break that down into first grade vernacular. So from henceforth, PD, professional development, usually is a negative connotation. Surprisingly, in 2020, I'm thinking it's a super positive thing. And this district is offering a ton of it. So I, even though, you know, I, I had these two days of pretty much, you know, all PD, all learning about the district. This the rest of this week, so I'm recording this on a Wednesday. This morning I went to two PD sessions. Tomorrow there's two more I intend on going to. And Friday there's another one. Next week there's even more. And so all of them are about tools and strategies to teach in a blended learning environment. And for me, I can just eat this up. Like I'm, I'm seriously loving the fact that there's so much information. And what's really cool, and this is you know more than I can ever hope. The fact that I'm learning so much right now, the learning has already begun. There's so much for me to just dial into, and it's really motivating me to spend a lot of my free time to just dive into you know school stuff. Really get into okay, so here's a bunch of resources I want to check out. I want to check out you know Edpuzzle. I want to check out Flipgrid. I want to check out names of things that I have in my head what they are, but I don't remember what they are. 
you know, I have like a put together a list of these things, and you know, I checked out a couple yesterday. I'm checking out a little more today. I'm making a ton of new accounts, downloading a ton of new software, and it, you know, it's it's really motivating me to kind of explore like, okay, how would I use that? And then kind of I'm starting to kind of develop this little plan. So one of the first things that I did once I got my official schedule was super organize my my schedule into a Google Sheets. And I'm, I'm a really organized type. I really like to do that. It helps me get like, you know, it's just how I'm wired. It helps me, you know, focus on what I need to do. And I was just really motivated to do that, which to me meant a lot because this summer, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. I was really not motivated to be productive. And, and this is, you know, just a me take. It's good to get rest. You know, I know that as much as I tell that to myself, it's super important to get rest. You just finished college. You're about to start your full, you know, a full-time job. There's no, there's literally nothing wrong with taking a summer to just dial back, relax, get into other hobbies. And, and I did that, but I didn't feel good about it, right? It takes a lot for me to say like, Carmen, it's time for you to not do work. You know, if there's something that I could be doing that's more productive, I'm that type of person that'll just like sit there and be like, you know, you could be doing this right now. It takes a little more energy. Why are you sitting and watching this and that when you could be doing this, you know, related to teaching? So this really pushed me to be like, okay, this is happening in a couple weeks now. This is basically something I can do that I know is, you know, I, I know doing this will be useful. So let's do it right? Maybe a lot of my problem as a new teacher is I didn't really know what I should be doing to prepare, right? So I, I tried like, you know, oh, I was reading some textbooks and just organizing some notes, especially for AP, brushing up on some old material. Uh, I was taking a look at the resources my coworkers shared with me. seeing like, okay, yeah, this is a worksheet I would use. This is something I would adapt. Maybe I could do this, this, and this, you know, that was super useful. But again, it was kind of like, I wasn't 100% sure if that was going to help me. Now, on the flip side, after this PD, again, once I have my schedule, I know being super organized is going to help me. Let's make a super detailed schedule where I'll just throw all my lesson plans and you know be super organized with what my daily plan is going to look like on there. And I'll just update that as I go throughout the year. Now that I have all these pieces of software, I'm really motivated to learn that. And I, I was like super excited because it's maybe this is just how, again, how I'm wired after the PD of day two. I, I, you know, I, while I'm listening to, okay, they're talking about this, this, this program, I have tabs open at all the websites. I'm like, oh, let's check this out. Like, let's do this right now. Or they would talk about a TED talk, got a tab open. I'm going to listen to that as soon as we're done this. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. I felt like a motivation that was really missing from when I was in college, really pre COVID. I, I had this type of, this, I had this type of motivation, like in a physics class that I was really into before but I really haven't felt it, I guess, since we went online. So it was, it was just cool to get back to that. I don't know. I, and I'm really hopeful that this kind of motivation sticks with me when I get into actual, you know, full-time teaching when the school year starts because I'm going to have a lot of work to do. <laughs> and uh, if I'm not super intrinsically motivated, then it's going to be really tough to get all that work done in a timely manner. Again, I, I talked about this in my, you know, episode two, I think. It's really important to have a balance. Right. And they did say that, you know, administrators were like, we want you to take care of yourself just as you want to take care of your students. Take care of yourself. You know, there are times when you got to burn the midnight oil, but don't make that a common thing. Take some time for yourself. And that's something I really want to work on. And hopefully it's something I can hold myself accountable to on this podcast where I'm not spending so much time doing this prepping. I can say from yesterday when I was doing some work, I was doing work for most of the day. 
And then maybe around eight o'clock, seven or eight o'clock, I decided, okay, you're done. You know, it's totally fine. You, you've done enough work for the day. Relax. You know, it's, it's, it's nighttime. I've also been doing a good job of spacing out. So before in the, in the morning, uh, I want to find time to exercise. My goal right now is what I'm trying to do is to run at least five times a week. So the best time for me to do that is in the morning. So I've been really good the last couple of days, waking up at like 6.37, going on runs, getting showered, getting breakfast, hopping onto PD uh, or onto, you know, the, the Zoom calls for the for the score and just you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm dialed in. You know, it's, it's awesome. I, for me, I, I'm glad I'm using my free time more productively. Now that I'm kind of pressured into this, this state of mind that, okay, you're about to start teaching. You got to start doing some work. You can't procrastinate like you were doing the whole summer. And again, some people call it, you know, my bad mindset calls it procrastination. Some with maybe a little bit of better mindset would call it relaxing, recharging. That's okay. You know what? Hopefully I can get to that point, but right now it's just, it's not how I'm wired and I wish it was. Speaking of motivation and kind of getting ready to, to teach, one really cool thing that I did that I'm, I'm really looking forward to, I just kind of had the impulse to, I wanted to build a demo. Like I want I, I was thinking, what can I really do to like hook students in? What's a demo I really want to do? And I decided, all right, I'm going to build a bed of nails. So if you don't know the bed of nail demo, it's a crazy physics teacher demo. I, I encourage you Google it on or go on YouTube and look up like a bed of nails physics demo. Uh, it's to teach pressure, but basically a crazy teacher will lay on a bed of nails and just show like, hey, this is not that painful. And, you know, I, for me, I might like stack like textbooks on me, have students hand me textbooks. I'm, you know, increasing the weight that's pressing down on the bed of nails. And it's not that bad because my force is distributed amongst a lot of nails rather than if you stand on it, it'd be really painful. There's some videos where people are breaking cinder blocks on someone that's laying on a bed of nails. I digress. I decided I wanted to build it. And, you know, I, I kind of just, my, I'm not really good with my hands like that. So I texted my dad, who's really good with this stuff. And we just put it together. And, you know, I, it was really fun for me because it gave me like the confidence to be like, okay, if there's something I want to do, there's a way to do it, right? Like it, just because my school doesn't have it and just because it's not something I can just buy, I don't think you can buy a bed of nails. I'll be honest, I didn't do my research. I assume that that's not, that's not possible. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to be on a watch list for purchasing something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's something that I should really get into. That's like a skill that I want to develop, which is just like kind of building things, working with my hands to create demos that will be worth it in the end. It's, it's, uh, again, it's something that's only related to physics. I think, you know, it's, you're not using kind of these, these, I don't know how many other subjects you need to really build things, but I'm sure there's reasons to, and I don't know, it's just, it's cool for me to kind of take things into my own hands and just, just do that. So it's just something I wanted to share that really made me happy. That was a big win for the last week as well. And yeah, I, I think that was, that was really great. So I, I do want to try to structure these conversations on wins and losses. And I think I, I kind of only talked about wins here. I don't, I don't really have a lot of losses to report other than, you know, I will say this summer, I could have done more work, right? And you could say that that's a loss. You could say that that's a win because I got to recharge. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think a lot of this will be being honest with myself, right? To, to me, in my heart, it feels like a loss because I could have been more productive, that's just where my head is at with it. But again, 
I think it's going to be okay. This is going to take a long time to learn and to get used to this. And I think students and faculty are going to just, you know, we'll be honest with each other. We, we're all on the same page. It's just as it's not going to be easy to learn during a global pandemic, it's not going to be easy to teach in one. So I'm hoping that there's this kind of two-way understanding in my classroom and in all of the classrooms that, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. We're all going to struggle together. If you're enjoying the podcast and want another way to engage with the content, consider following the podcast's Twitter, at Afloat Teaching. There you can stay up to date with notifications for the release of new episodes and get some behind the scenes on the development of the podcast. DMs are also open for feedback or questions for future Q&A segments, and all suggestions are welcome and appreciated. I'll even shout you out. Thanks again for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So for the second half of this episode, what I really want to focus on is kind of future goals for my classroom. What I want my classroom to look like. I kind of detailed it a little bit in the last episode, but you know, there's, there's a tiny bit more details I can go into right now. Again, so the biggest goal, and I kind of, again, I touched on this in the last episode, is there's more important things than teaching physics. You know, I, I get it. I'm a physics teacher. I'll be in a physics classroom, but especially in 2020, during a global pandemic where kids are really needing the social interaction that they've been missing during quarantine and they might be struggling with things that they might not be ready to talk about but we can again I can impact them in a good way where if they're if they've been having a tough time during quarantine during the summer I want my classroom to be a place where they can get some positive emotions right or a place where I can impact them in a positive way and just maybe you know brighten their day make them happy right I want to focus more on social emotional learning, especially this year, more than any other year, but in future years as well. Um, I'm not sure if I really would say it's, no, I really would. I would say it's equivalent to actual content, maybe even a little bit more important than content. Like, uh, yeah, it's important to teach them physics. I want to get through as much as the curriculum as possible, but this is not going to be a normal school year. And kids are going to be going through a lot that, you know, they don't have to tell me, but I want to be able to pick up on that and just, you know, brighten their brighten their day. You know, if there's something going on at home or somewhere, you know, somewhere in their lives, I want to try to take their mind off that as long as they're in the classroom. So yeah, I think that that is really important, this like positive learning environment, being honest with students, having real discussions about this stuff as much as we can. Because again, you know, I'm going to mention this is my first year teaching. This is a big first, big leap for me as well. You know, I'm going to be learning with them. And that honesty, I hope that it helps them come out of their shell a little bit, especially for the ninth graders that I'll be teaching, because I really do want to get to know them. So one of the really cool questions that was asked during the new teacher orientation was we were all kind of discussing what do we think we're going to do on day one? What's our first day of class going to look like? And I've been kind of flirting with a bunch of ideas all throughout the summer because it's, it's, it's really important. And for me, I don't even think I want to touch content on the first day. I really want to get to know my students. And you know, the number one way I was thinking of doing that is, you know, talking about again first of all talking about this that whole honesty piece this is a first year for all of us we're here to learn together we're here to create a positive environment together we're never going to put people down we're only going to support people more than ever you know people are going to be learning in different ways and at different paces and we just need to be understanding of the fact that this is not a normal year you know this is this is something that we're going to get through together or it's going to be a lot easier if we get through it together and if for you to not 
come at it with that angle for you to, I guess, just make things more difficult for all of us. You're mostly making things difficult for yourself. So it's, it's, it's not in your best interest, right? We just want to come together and be strictly positive. But then in addition, in order to get to know my students, I was thinking of just like finding a way to get them to present and talk about themselves and ask them like, you know, what, what got you through quarantine? You know, what, what was keeping you positive? What was getting you up every day? Was it, you know, some family members, some friends you were talking to virtually? Was it some content? You know, what, what content, what media did you consume? What were you watching on Netflix? What music that came out were you really interested in? What movies? What games were you playing? Just, you know, what, what were you doing? So like for me, I would also want to share that because I, I want students to know about me as well. So I would share, you know, the, the, the games, the stuff I was doing. And, you know, just, again, be honest, the quarantine was tough, but... Yeah, we, we, we got through it. At least I did. I, I was, you know, I'm an introvert at heart, so it wasn't that difficult for me, to be honest. But, you know, it, it's, it's something that I really want to talk about to get to know the interests of my students. As a physics teacher, I kind of feel like I need to do that because physics is super easy to relate to their interests because they literally cannot escape from it. Everything they do is rooted in something in physics, and it's my job to kind of bring that to life for them. So, I, again, it's in my best interest. This is intel for me. You know, it's, it's intelligence for me to design questions and ideas around later, and it's really important for me to get students not just to know me and not just for me to know my students, but for my students to know each other. Because, again, especially in ninth grade, a lot of them might be the only person they know in the class. You know, there, there's a chance for that. You know, I want them to start to get to know other students. And something I was really thinking of is how can I get students to interact with each other? Um, and it was only really about today that I came up with like a, what I think is a plan that I really want to try out because I don't want to alienate online learners and I don't want them to just be sitting there passively. And I don't want our synchronous time, you know, the time that we're together in class to just be used for me to like teach or something. I don't want them to just be looking at me, right? I want them to be interacting with each other. And in class, it's tough for those students to interact with each other because they have to maintain social distances. So I don't want students yelling at each other from table to table. So what I think would be productive now is for each student in class, they'll have their Chromebooks. They'll also be in our Zoom call. And my breakout rooms will consist of maybe one student from in class with one or two students online. So that way, I'll get to see everyone in class and I can monitor these conversations at least from one mouth. I'll hear what, what one student in each group is saying. And the students in class will get to interact with the people online. Students online will get to interact with people. It just seems like a win-win. It's not perfect, of course, but it's a way for me to make sure everyone is interacting with students and getting to know students. And it seems to me like that's that's the, I really want to try it and I hope that it goes well, because if it does, it's something I'm going to use like consistently. And I can keep these groups, you know, the same for a marking period, for instance. So I could change it up as at the student's discretion if they want to change it. And of course, I would 100% do an exit ticket if I try that on the first day, which I hope I do, to just see like, hey, what do you think of this? Did this help you? Do you want me to keep doing this? Are you happy with your group? Yada, yada, yada. Tons of stuff I could ask. But I think that would be a good way to do it, and I'm, I'm definitely going to explore that. The thing is, I'm going to come at it from the angle of I can't be in every breakout room. I accept that, right? There's nothing I can do about that. I have no control over that. And that's that's fine because I can worry about that, and I can stress over making sure students are all doing their work, or I can just... I concede, you know, I, I'm not going to be in every breakout room. And it's on you to manage your learning. You know, you're ninth or 10th graders. 
And you're at the point where I, you know you deserve a little more agency in your learning. You deserve to take control of your learning. So I'm going to give you that control, and I'm not going to ask for anything in return except for you know just give me reasons to trust you, right? Like don't don't abuse this trust that I'm giving you because it's not going to come back to me to be bad. It's it's just going to hurt you, and it's going to hurt the people that you're working with. Because once the test comes, I'm going to assume that you're working in your groups, and if you're not it's not gonna, I'm not gonna be the one who's feeling the repercussions, right? It's, 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 I'm gonna feel bad because I'm gonna be like, darn, you know, I, I don't wanna give out low grades. But, you know, it's, it's, it, that's the angle that I wanna come at this with. Cause again, I could stress over things I don't have control over, but I would rather just, you know, I, that's fine. You know, I, I do have control over the environment in my classroom and the way that I address the, the, the issue. And if I address it in a way, and my students are hopefully mature enough to, to, kind of see that I'm coming at this from what I think is a good angle hopefully they'll, they'll meet me halfway there you know I can trust them to go into breakout rooms and from what I've heard from from the the student body from other teachers I can trust them it, it's usually a pretty good group of kids that sure you know it's not going to be 100% perfect there's there's going to be definitely things I'm gonna have to deal with as a teacher but in general if you put kids in breakout rooms in a zoom call they'll they'll get the work done and that's what I want. You know, I, I just want them to interact with each other positively. If they're doing 60% work, 40% play, awesome. That's honestly, I would rather have them have that. I want them to have that opportunity to interact with students and have fun, right? As long as they get the work done, which I'm not going to super hound them about. It's, it's again, I, I, I'm going to try this, this kind of laissez-faire attitude. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Definitely going to be something that I talk about. But that's my current plan. Of course, you know, it's not set in stone. I'm still flirting with plenty of ideas of things I want to talk about in the first day. But that's, that's currently, that's what I'm looking at. But I, I definitely think my number one challenge is going to be that kind of this like professionalism aspect where it, deep within me, I want to be the quote unquote cool teacher, the relaxed teacher, the one that lets students, you know, have some agency. Can you win 100% trust of students? while you're being the cool teacher. And when I say trust, I also kind of mean respect. So I'm asking them pretty nicely, you know, like, hey, I'm admitting I don't have a lot of control in this situation. Can you get them to do what you want? Can I get them to be productive there? And I don't think it'll be what I want, right? Because again, when you give them that agency, they're gonna do, again, it might be 60% work, 40% play. I'm happy with that. I think that's totally fair. But can I get to that figure being the cool teacher? I don't know. I don't know. I'm really interested. And I think, it, of course, this depends on where you teach, how you act, you know, what the culture is there. We'll see. I think this is going to be the number one thing that I'm really looking out for is, can I get away with being the cool teacher, the relaxed teacher? And if so, for how long? Or what's going to tip the scale there? What's going to make me change that? And if I do change it, how will it change? I don't know. So many questions, and I have no idea how it's going to work. It's it's going to be interesting, but it's it's the thing I'm looking out for, and I'll definitely keep uh, keep everyone posted on the podcast. This is the place that I will discuss that. So there was another opportunity that I got that I'm really excited about in terms of future goals. One of the goals once I was hired in this district, and I said this in my interviews, was I like that I'm working in a smaller school-ish, smallish school, because I really want to get involved. Right, I want to get to know students, even if they're not in my class. And more than anything, I want to be a name at the school. You know, I'd like people to know that at least I exist. Uh, and if you know, maybe I have like some some good, you know, really talk about. Oh, this teacher, he is. You know, he, this is he. This is what he's like. Here's what he's known for, and it's good things that they're talking about. Not that I'm, you know, a bad teacher. <laughs> 
And one of the ways I want to do that is I want to really get involved at the school, especially with like clubs. So one of the first things I inquired was what kind of positions are there for clubs? And one opportunity that is really recent that is presenting itself that I really want to take advantage of is kind of like a video game slash esports club that the school's kind of looking to start. So essentially I was talking to an assistant principal and they said that an esports league contacted them asking them if they wanted to field basically student athletes, esport athletes in, you know, this competitive gaming league. And immediately I said like I was literally going to ask you about that just now. I'm super interested in that. I'm I'm really interested in that. How can I get involved? Because this is, you know, not related to teaching, but one I'm, I am really passionate about gaming and esports. It's something I follow, it's something I dedicate, you know, some some free time to and I started a video game club or I helped start a video game club in my high school. And, you know, I was really, you know, I I really enjoyed my time there. And, you know, I, I, I really want to kind of extend that to my teaching position now. So for me to get this opportunity, that's like exactly what I wanted. So it was cool for me to know that there wasn't a club, but that they want to start one. And this is since uh, the assistant principal basically said, I love your enthusiasm, you know, let's, let's do it. So the plan is, send out a survey to students, which, you know, is almost done, and I'll send it to him when it is done. Then he'll send it to the student body. I'm basically inquiring interest, and if it goes well, you know, this is something I can dedicate a lot of time to. And if it's, we do end up doing this, like, competitive league, that's, like, a, it's it's a big time commitment for me, I'll admit it, um, because it takes a lot of organization, because that's, like, a, you know, definitely a weekly or maybe even bi-weekly thing. But, I know that's really exciting to me to be on like the forefront of something new at the school to make this kind of difference. If this goes well and students are really into it, of course, students could be not into it at all. I don't know what kind of student body I'm about to enter, but if they're like, nah, no, maybe 10 people are interested in this. That's not that much. Maybe it would still run with 10. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know how clubs work in high school (laughs) when you're starting a new one, but if there's enough interest that it really excites me and it excites me enough to be like, if I'm giving up this free time, I think it's worth it, right? I, I think it's worth it to add this to my schedule. Even though I'm a first-year teacher and I got enough to worry about, I'm really passionate about this. And I'd rather do something like this that would take a lot of my free time than do a club that wasn't that passionate about and maybe I was just coming for the extra boost to my paycheck and you know to be able to say that I'm doing it. So this is something that I really care about. And yeah, I hope it goes well. I'll, I'll update you on the arc as it develops. Yeah, so I think that's everything I wanted to cover for this episode. But yeah, so what I did want to end this episode with is talking about how excited I am that the podcast is doing, for me, really well. I'm really excited with the response I've been getting from the people that have been tuning in and the feedback I've been getting. I've just I've just been really happy with it. I think it's come out in a way that I've, I've really enjoyed. To give you some context, this is like the first episode I'm recording since the first episode dropped. I had the first three episodes kind of recorded before the first episode dropped. So I I wasn't able to really change anything about my recording since then. This is really the first time I could kind of talk about like the the happiness I've been getting or the, the happy emotions I've been getting from the feedback that I've received from people. Right now we're sitting at 74 total plays, at least on the, you know, that's what it says in the anchor dashboard. And that makes me really happy. You know, that's, that's, that's it, it you know the estimated audience size because 74 total plays divided by three episodes that are currently out has 25 people that's awesome that's 25 times more people than me so that's that's, that's really cool that it's reaching that many people uh, currently i don't run ads i don't make any money off of this 
because I think it would be not worth it. But the amount of work that I would put in, the you know experience that the the, the the listening experience would take a little bit of a hit. And I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. I don't think I would get enough out of it to make that worth it. So I'm really just doing this. One, because it's good for me, and two, because it might be you know helpful for other people. And you know, I'm I'm just really thankful that I have the opportunity that people want to listen to this. That being said, if you are enjoying it, you know, I encourage you please share. You know, I, I would love to get this to other people because you know if it would help them, if it would entertain them, that would be really happy. So yeah, share this with people that you think would be interested. I'd also encourage you take a look at our anchor page, anchor.fm/sateaching. There you have links to all of the platforms we're on. We're on eight platforms now which is awesome. I also just learned that we've been on Apple Podcasts for a while. They just never let me know. So I just linked it to the Anchor page. You can go look for the podcast Staying Afloat Teaching on Apple Podcasts. And if you've been enjoying it, leave a review. Consider leaving a review. I would really appreciate it. Maybe to get a little buzz towards the podcast there. But one thing that I'm really interested in is, is there a good way for like notifications for podcasts? curious if there's a better way to notify people when content releases. The best I can do right now is I can stick to a Monday at 6 a.m. EST schedule. Every Monday at 6 a.m. EST, there will be a new episode of Staying Afloat Teaching on all of our platforms, assuming Anchor does that well. But yeah, so until I uh, contract COVID and have to take a break, which I'll let you know, Monday at 6 a.m., you can look forward to new episodes. And uh, again, I appreciate you tuning in. That's all for this episode. Have a great day. 